Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 277 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Michelle Montone. Michelle lives near Orlando, Florida. She is a full-time stay-at-home mom. She also is a brand-new podcast host. Her podcast is called Fast and Fabulous. I love the name of that. And she is also newly a fasting coach. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. It seems surreal. Well, here we are. I know. I'm glad to talk to you as well. And it also thrills me to see people turning intermittent fasting into really like like a life's calling, you know, with podcasts and helping others with it, because that just, to me, speaks to the power of it, you know? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And may I just start by saying thank you because because of you, you know, my life completely changed and I became one of the fasting helpers like you just described. So I do feel so passionate about it and I just want to share it with everyone. Yeah. And and I think that is very, very common when we discover something that makes us feel so good and it changes our life to the degree that fasting has changed mine and, and yours. And we just want to tell everybody and we want everyone to do it. And when people don't, we're like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to do it? <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like everyone should do it, honestly, in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I think so too. So well, let's start off. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, it was in January of 2020, January 24th, I guess to be exact. I was just at a really low point in my life. I had gained a lot of weight from having babies. Basically, I was almost 200 pounds, I would imagine. I, I didn't step on the scale too often, but I'm 5'3", so <laughs> it was a heavy weight to carry. I was in the salon getting my hair done and overheard a girl next to me talking to her stylist about intermittent fasting. And I had heard the term before, although I thought it sounded absolutely insane. <laughs> it does sound hard, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, that's too hard. I could never do that. But then I started talking. She's just talking with such ease about it. And, you know, she looks very healthy and thin. And I, I said, okay, you have to tell me more. What do you do? She's like, well, I just don't eat for 16 hours. And then I eat for eight hours. It's like, okay. I didn't want to be too intrusive. So I just moved on and I got home and I started to research and lo and behold, my friend sent me your original link to your original delay. Don't deny delay. Don't deny on Facebook. Okay. So I lingered for about a week and I saw all the success stories and I read a lot of literature. I read delay. Don't deny. And then I just decided one day, I'm just going to skip breakfast and see how this goes. And it was so easy at the start. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm not going to step on the scale. I took my starting weight. I found a pair of, you know, honesty shorts, like you recommend, or pants. I just started and it was easy. And then it started to get really hard. Was that like as your body was adjusting, it got harder? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And yeah. we hear that a lot in our community, and I want to make sure to emphasize that. You know, we're recording this. It's going to come out January 26th. So actually, anyone who started for the new year and is listening on January 26th when it comes out, now is probably the time that you're going through a hard patch because as you're adjusting, you start off, you've got a lot of stored glycogen in your liver, you're fueled by that, then the fuel tank gets low and your body is not yet good at tapping into stored fat. So you're like, wait, why is it getting harder? Why is this so hard? I thought it was supposed to get easier. And that little hard part is the part you have to push through because it is easier again on the other side and then it's easier forever. And Michelle, that was my problem all the years before 2014 when I finally had it stick. I would start and stop and start and stop and I never got over the hump to the easier side. I feel like a lot of people have that same problem. Yeah. I see it. I run a, a Facebook support group based on your teachings. 
And I see it all the time. People yep. start and stop. And I feel like it's at that point when we're reaching the bottom of our glycogen st- stores and getting ready to tap into our fat stores. Yep. It's not every time, but you just have to get through that one part. Yep. That's the hard part. And then it becomes easy. Because if it was that hard forever, would you and I still be doing it? Absolutely not. No. If it was as hard as the adjustment (laughs) period all the time, no one would be able to live it as a lifestyle because we only have so much white knuckling we can do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We have to make this sustainable. And that's why we're still here. Well, I love that. So you had a part where it got rough. You stuck with it. What happened? So about 56 days in, I stepped on the scale because I had taken like a side-by-side facial picture and you see it constantly, like the inflammation in your face is the first to go. So I just was kind of curious, like, is this working? I don't know. So 56 days in, I, I stepped on the scale, took a picture, and I had lost 10 pounds. And I was like, awesome, like, because everything else I had been doing wasn't working at all. I mean, yeah, 56 days, you know, that's almost two months. So I always, when you tell people not to step on the scale, I tell people that in the beginning too, I cannot stress it enough. Yep. That really is important. The first part, I call it the 28-day fast start. I really, really don't want people to weigh. And I know that people probably are tired of hearing me say it in the community, but somebody will be like brand new. They're like, I'm two weeks in and I've lost 10 pounds already. And they expect me to like celebrate and be like, I'm so excited for you. Instead, I'm like, stop weighing. I don't even want to talk about your weight, good or bad. Because, (laughs) you know, the first drop of quick weight loss is not fat loss. That is the inflammation. That's water retention. You're probably not even tapping into your fat stores yet. While it feels much better to lose that 10 pounds of water weight or whatever it is, I don't want you to get too excited because that's probably not fat. Maybe a little bit is, but we don't want to talk about your weight, good or bad, at the beginning. We don't even want to talk about it. We don't want to celebrate. We don't want to complain. We don't want to even know what's happening. You just have to nail the clean fast. 100%. 100%. Nail that clean fast. And and once you're pushing through that adjustment period, that's when the magic starts to really happen. And I hate when people stop and start and stop and start and stop and start because I just, they never get to see it. Yeah. It's true. And so everybody who's listening, if you're one of those people that stopped and started, I did that for years. I heard about intermittent fasting for the first time in 2009. And it wasn't until 2014 that I was so desperate. I was like, I I just can't, you know, stop stopping was my new goal. Stop stopping. And I, I stopped stopping and here I am, you know, so many years later. And I never stopped. And that is the magic happens when you don't stop. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so, so I you, just kept you had lost going. ten pounds and you kept going. I just kept going, and then COVID hit. Oh yeah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every story that starts in twenty twenty always has, and then there was COVID. I knew you were probably expecting me to say that. So yeah. COVID hit March of twenty twenty, as we all know, and the ten pounds, seven of those ten pounds, just came right back because I was stress eating and I was drinking more alcohol than I normally do. And I did get discouraged. It was discouraging. There was a lot going on in the world. And I think we all kind of felt that, or I definitely felt it. However, I decided I'm not going to let a pandemic get in my way. I come this far. This is working for me. So I just went back to what I was doing. I cut down on the alcohol. I quit the snacking. I tightened up my windows. And it came right back off. And then the scale started to move again that summer. And so 
that summer is when I saw the majority of the weight come off. I just kept a, I'd say during the week, I kept an 18, 19 hour fast with, I'd like to say a four to five hour eating window, depending on the day. And then I toss in a 24 hour fast about once a month. But I didn't do a whole lot of crazy exercising. I walked, I ran a little, but I mowed the lawn a lot (laughs) in Florida. So I sweat a lot doing that. And I hit my goal in October of 2020. How much weight did you lose all the way to get to your goal? Well, my first goal was 140. So I had lost at that point, my starting point I said was 180 because I really didn't know what it was. So at that point, I had lost about 40 pounds. And so I decided, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and just see what happens. So another five pounds ended up coming off after that. The lowest number I've seen is 135. And that was March of 2021 after my COVID vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did it go up after that? It went down. I couldn't eat for two days afterwards. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to say that it went down, then it started going back up after. No, okay. no, no. So, no. okay. So you couldn't eat. You had a vaccine. You couldn't eat. And then I just had a weight drop down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, but your lowest weight was 135, but you're maintaining probably in that range of just below 140. Would you say that's true? That's true. I go up and down. I use 140 as like my baseline. And then I go up and down from there. Sometimes I see 137. Sometimes the scale like this summer, I was super stressed out. It hit 145 at one point. But as soon as I go back to my regular protocol, Mm -hmm. it just comes right off. Yep. So that's really what maintenance looks like. And that that's important is that People think that maintenance is like a number. Like, you know, let's say you you decided your number had to be 139 because people get caught up in a number. They and sure do. look, look, I get it. That's why I stopped weighing because I wanted to see it that too. Right. 129.9, right. I would have been happy. But no, I wanted to see a two. And if it said a three, I was mad. So you might get caught up in really wanting to see a three. But really, your maintenance range is like a, a swing up and down around a number. And that's just how it it normally goes. Absolutely. Because we can go up and down in our weight and about, I mean, I think my weight goes up and down four pounds in in some days, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to say just, I'd like to keep at 140. If I see it going too high, I rein things in. Mm -hmm. At this point, I haven't really seen it go too low yet, but maybe one day it will. But I'm not really worried. I don't really, I don't weigh. I just go by how my clothes fit. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the number one thing for me is how I feel. That's right. Yep. Going by how your clothes fit has worked very well for me. I mean, I haven't seen a number on the scale since I think it's 2017 at this point is the last time I saw a scale number. I know that's a kind of like amazing that I haven't seen a number in that That long. That is so cool. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I know it's cool. It feels amazing because... Every other time in my life, if I wasn't weighing, I was gaining, right? There was a period of time in like 2012 where I quit weighing completely, really kind of like 2012 to 2014, I I would get on here and there. That was when my weight went up so much. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But here I am. I'm still wearing my same jeans, wearing my same clothes year after year. They got, my honesty pants got tight over this summer. So did I. Not going to lie. I mean, it was summer. Yeah, it was summer and I'm on the other side of menopause. So I've learned that my body is a little different now. So so I'm just going to have to be a little little less flexible at this stage of life than my pre-menopause body. And that is just, it is what it is. But I still know what to do to tighten up my window. That's pretty much where I'm trying to figure things out now as I'm entering the peri-menopause years. It is. It's ever-changing. And what worked for me two years ago, I have to change it up a little bit because now I'm entering these these crazy years. I don't they even are know crazy to, years. Honestly, I don't even know what to do with it right now because it's just like the <laughs> – Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. So. I do. And the whole, you know, we don't we don't talk about it enough as women. Just I mean, I think our, our moms maybe didn't tell us or warn us about it. Our grandmothers they didn't tell certainly us a lot. I no. feel. But it's just expect the unexpected is the best thing I can say about, about perimenopause. And if something weird is happening, that is probably normal because that's what our bodies do. Yeah, one hundred percent. Maintenance for me was kind of It was scary at first, I'm going to be honest. And then I realized, (laughs) Jen, I realized that when I hit maintenance, I had not read the chapter on maintenance. Oh, that's funny. So I'm like, why is this – because I I celebrated a little too much when I hit my goal, you know? I I see that a lot, but – and the scale went up, and I'm like, what what am I doing wrong? I'm in maintenance. What's going right. on here? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I never read that chapter. So I went back, read the chapter, went back to my weight loss protocol for like three months, 
everything went back to where I was, and then I could sail into maintenance. That's a really good point that you're making because maintenance is not like the end of the road, now we're done. No. It does take vigilance and discipline even in maintenance. And, you know, people sometimes say, well, my friend said, you know, if I'm doing intermittent fasting and losing weight, that as soon as I start eating normally again, all the weight will come back. I'm like, your friend is right. Right. Yeah. I'll say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no time when we're like, all right, I'm done with that. (laughs) Intermittent fasting really is a lifestyle. And... It's the only way I've ever maintained within a maintenance range my entire life, only time with intermittent fasting. And it's enjoyable. I get to eat delicious food until I'm satisfied every day. But I can never go back to eating all day. That will get me what it got me the last time. Right. And that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And what I want to say is just like people are out there getting on all these programs, Noom, Weight Watchers, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. That's the latest and greatest these days. And that's a commitment. If you're going to lose a lot of weight on that program, you have to be willing to stick to that program forever. Yep. That is the thing. However you lose the weight is how you will need to live to keep it off. Now, I don't mean, you know, like, like let's say your weight loss intermittent fasting approach is 19.5. When you get to maintenance, you can have a little more flexibility. But that doesn't mean you can go to like eight-hour daily eating windows. I couldn't. Oh, no, definitely not. No, but I also don't need to, and I don't feel my best. No, I feel so gross after anything over six hours. I'm like, oh. Yeah. That was too much. Yeah, six, <laughs> six is... Six is a splurge day for me as well. If I have a six-hour window, it felt like a splurge, but I eat delicious food every day. So you're around probably like a four to five most days. Is that right? Most days, yeah. I like to keep it within like a five-hour range. If it goes above five hours, I start to feel it. If it, you know, if it goes over six, then I definitely feel it. But during the week, I like to keep things tighter. The weekends are a bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I don't make it to 18 on the weekends and I don't even feel bad about it. (laughs) That's right, because there's no guilt. I have no guilt anymore. And I think that's more than the weight loss, more than anything. The absolute freedom from diet mentality has been life-changing. Life-changing. That's the best part for me as well. I was always looking for the next best thing. And I mean, I don't even know what the next best thing. I mean, this is the next best thing. This is the best thing. Uh, But I don't know what people are doing in the, the rest of the world. I just know what I'm doing. Yep, and I had to pay attention to the other stuff. <laughs> and I and I don't want to. I, I call it the noise, and I try to right. tune it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell everybody that is try to tune out that noise because everybody's trying something. Everybody's doing something. Mm-hmm. There's some fad. There's some new thing going on. But the great thing about intermittent fasting is it's free, and yeah. literally anyone can do it. Absolutely. That really is. And you don't need to buy a bunch of stuff. That's the funny part about now that intermittent fasting is becoming mainstream and so many people are doing it. They're now like having more and more like products that you need to buy. You do not need to buy those products, everybody. (laughs) You don't need fasting bars or like Slim Fast is now trying to get into the whole like when you break your fast, have a Slim Fast bar. I'm like, please don't. Why would you? Gross. Eat, Eat something delicious. That's no. terrible. <laughs> <Doesn't it? laughs> Can't you just imagine them all sitting around the marketing table and saying, everyone's doing intermittent fasting. How can we get it on this? Oh, yeah. No, everybody's trying to get in on it because <laughs> if you really want to know what all these celebrities are doing, they're intermittent fasting. Now, I don't it's know true. if they're doing it clean or if they're doing it the way we do it or whatever, but 
that's what they're really doing. They're not taking these, you know, apple cider vinegar gummies and they're not taking (laughs) the weight loss supplements and all this other nonsense. They're intermittent fasting, most likely, um, along with uh, whatever else they're doing for their bodies by eating good and physical activity. So I'm pretty sure you're right. Someone today (laughs) in the community shared something about somebody. I can't remember what celebrity. She's like, look, this celebrity is doing intermittent fasting. I'm like, Probably a lot of them are. I wouldn't be surprised. And they don't want to talk about it because when some people hear the word fasting, they think we're starving ourselves. Right. And that could right. be further from the truth. It really could not be further from the truth because, you know, back when I was dieting and eating all day long and eating a low calorie diet, that felt like starving myself. That was so starving yourself because constantly spiking your insulin the whole mm-hmm. day long. It's just, it's mind boggling. And people yeah. still buy into it all, all the time. Yeah, they do. So tell me about your diet history a little well, bit. <laughs> my history with dieting started when I was about 16, right before I found intermittent fasting when I was 38. So I've done it all, I, except for Weight Watchers. Never tried that. Yeah, I never did Weight Watchers. I don't know. I never tried it. But anything else, you know, I did over-exercising, calorie counting, I did my fitness pal. I mean, I kept track of my macros. I ate low carb, no carb. You name it, I tried it. I did the cabbage soup diet, I think, when I was a teenager, where you eat nothing yeah. but cabbage soup. Oh my God, so terrible. That's a gross one. It's not even good soup. No. Oh, it's well, so I wonder why it had to be cabbage soup. I don't know. Because <laughs> I think, and the only thing I can think of is cabbage is so high in fiber and it's going to just make you go to the bathroom constantly. But (laughs) yeah, I've tried a lot of stuff. And once I hit like past, you know, my birthing age and I had two young children, my hormones were completely changed and nothing was happening. I would just gain 10 pounds, lose a couple pounds here and then gain a few more pounds. It was back and forth, back and forth. And every year, you know, I would put on another 10 pounds, it just seemed. And it was just a non, it was a terrible cycle. I think that's very common for women and also men. I mean, men, men, of course, are not birthing the babies, but, you know, that there's the joke and, the, you know, the dad bod everyone talks about. I think that as we get busier, as we get older and we're just, you know, running around with the family, however that looks, male or female, and we're not taking care of ourselves or eating well, it's so easy to grab, you know, the drive through or something for everybody. It's like the drive-through and then you're eating your kids' scraps off their plates, you know. And my husband's guilty of that too, you know. He he got the the dad bod like a lot of dads do, but it's your stress level when you have kids. Mm -hmm. It's especially younger children, you know, it's very stressful at times. So your cortisol goes up and, you know, well – so does your weight sometimes. So It's true. And I, I think that's very common for, like I said, for, for both the men and the women, just yeah. as we're going through those changes with the family. So how has your eating changed with intermittent fasting? I mean, like, you know, just in general, the foods that you gravitate towards? Well, that is a good question. Because at first, I didn't change anything about what I ate. I did Ditto. exactly what you recommended. Don't change anything. And because of that, this is so important. i I want to stress this so bad. Don't change anything about what you eat at first. (laughs) Don't. Mm -hmm. Because your body will tell you what it wants and what it does not want. What is serving you, what is not serving you. And so I learned some 
times it was a very hard learn lesson, yes. <laughs> a lesson to learn. Sorry. <laughs> you know, those first month or so I, I did, I didn't change anything. And then after that, I decided wine was not my friend anymore. I get, broke up with wine forever. And also red meat. I didn't really like a lot of red meat, and which kind of explained why keto never worked for me. And it always made me feel terrible and bloated. I guess after that, I went more for a fish-based diet, plant and fish-based diet. Kind of a pescatarian, yeah. Right, yeah. But I do eat chicken and, you know, I do like lean proteins. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get, now that I'm perimenopausal, trying to put more protein into my diet. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I don't eat any food group, but I will say I'm low dairy and low red meat. But I, nothing's off the table for me. I've never missed a birthday cake. I've never missed a, you know, a celebration, a holiday. I've always enjoyed myself. Eat the cake, you know? Yeah. But for me, at this point, I'm a food snob. So I want it yeah. to be like the nice cake, not the piece of cake from the grocery store. Like 100%. Yeah. The, the nice cake is worth holding out for. Totally. Yeah. Totally. My sister makes the best cakes, so we're very lucky in that regard. Whenever we have a family get together, my sister she too. Makes, oh yay. <laughs> Everybody nice. should have a sister like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you are that sister or somebody who's listening. You're right? the one who makes the cakes. But I just can't do it. I just can't get into the all the baking. I love to bake, I do, but my husband has like a he's trying to lose his last, you know, weight. And yeah. a trigger for him is sugar. So I'm trying to be mindful. He just had a birthday. So I, he asked me very politely to skip his cake this year. And I always oh. I always make him a cake. So I felt a little bit weird about it. But I understand and I respect that. So yesterday was Chad's birthday. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this in November. November 14th is Chad's birthday. And I made him this, something I had made a couple weeks ago that is like... It's like no-bake fudge brownies or something. It's really, I don't know what it is, but it's what you would really call it. But it's almond butter, walnuts, put it in a food processor. You add cocoa powder. Oh, and dates. It's sweetened with dates. Oh, my gosh. I want to go that now. I know. And you just put <laughs> it in the food good. processor, and it blends all up. And then you just press it into like a little 8 by 8 pan and put pecans on top. Oh, my gosh. So all it is is like nuts and dates and cocoa powder. And that sounds like healthy. It's so good. Right? 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 It's, and it's so delicious. And that's what he wanted. He's like, make that thing with the nuts. And I'm like, okay. I'll oh, my that. gosh. I need to find that <laughs> recipe because I want to go make that immediately. That's amazing. Well, you really – I mean, I don't know that you could really mess it up. But like a couple walnuts or something and maybe like one and a third cups of dates and then maybe half a cup of cocoa powder. And then you just press the, the pecans on top. I'll experiment. <laughs> and you just put it in the fridge and let it sit. And you just want to get the, the the dates are for the sweetness. And it's got that almond butter taste too. So that's what he wanted. I'm like, well, that's so easy. I'll, you'll get that as much that as That is so want. cool. I like that he wanted that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he wanted. And it was easy. And he doesn't do well with a lot of sugar either because it makes his ears ring. Really? That's an yeah. interesting side effect. I know. He's got the weird ear ringing. I don't know where that came from. My dad has for, that. Does he? Tinnitus. Yeah. 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 I wonder, like Chad completely notices like red wine, cheap red wine is a trigger for him as is sugar. Yeah. Does it bother his sleep too? No. Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, I guess maybe ears ringing would bother his sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. 
Yeah. But he'll be like, well, my ears are ringing after he has something. And I'm like, well, it was the whatever it was. And we know (laughs) what it was. So you said your husband is losing weight. Is he doing intermittent fasting? He's been fasting since the day I started. Love it. So he kind of plateaued for a long time and now he's back at it and he's letting me finally coach him. So (laughs) I have tried several attempts and none of them were working. So he wasn't ready. No. He didn't want and to that's read okay. you, Jenny didn't want to read your book. I get it. Well, he's got you to just tell him, right? <laughs> no, well, that's what he thought. He's like, you could just tell me what it says. I'm like, nope, you got to do your homework. Love it. And then love as it. soon as he started to read it, he's like, I could see the little light bulb going off oh. in his head, you know? And I'm like, see, I told you, you had to read. You had to read the book. What changed when he got the information from the book versus from the, the wife filter? <laughs> Appetite correction. Okay. He understood that? Yep. I mean, I explained it to him a million times, but for some reason, when he read it, it was different for him. It hit him differently. Yeah. Yeah. So he's learning how to listen to his satiety signals, which he never, ever did before. And that's super important for anyone trying to be successful in this journey is listening to your satiety signals. That is really, really true. And a lot of people sell intermittent fasting as eat as much as you want, as long as it's in an eating window of whatever you want, and you'll be fine. You'll magically lose weight. And that is not true. Yeah. uh, You know, we we can't overeat even in an eating window and expect to lose weight because, I mean, I'm not a fan of counting calories because we really do have those signals that tell us to stop. But we have to learn how to first hear them, second, listen to them. Yes. Because you can hear them all day long. And if you ignore them, it's not going to help. Yeah, it's just if we all do it. We, you know, everybody's been there. We it, totally ignore it. We're full, but we keep going. Yeah, keep going. I never could hear my satiety signals. Yeah, but fasting has gifted that to me. I can hear it now. It's like I, I'm eating, and all of a sudden, I, I take that deep sigh. You know, oh, I'm getting there. You know, I'm almost. All right, okay, all right, I'm full now, and that's that. And I don't really. If there's some food left on my plate, okay, whatever. I mean, we grew, I grew up in an era, you know, the time where you had to, to clear your plate. Otherwise, you couldn't get up. A lot of us were, were forced to do that. And so we learned to, like, ignore our satiety signals because the plate wasn't clear. The, the signal to stop was empty plate. Right, right. Especially if the food's delicious, then we don't want to stop. But, right. you know, I think that's just so important that we have to get back in touch with those signals and we have to hear them. And I want to always thank Dr. Burt Hearing for coming up with that phrase, appetite yeah. correction, because it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know what we would say if it wasn't for that, but his phrase, appetite correction, explains it better than anything. And that's how intermittent fasting is different. I never heard those signals before intermittent fasting. Me neither. Me neither. And we were born with them, but we learned to ignore them, processed foods, they keep us from feeling them, eating all day keeps us from feeling Mm -hmm. them. But intermittent fasting reconnects you. I love your comparison in in the book about when a baby is full, it Mm -hmm. will spit up on you and it literally gives you a physical signal that it's full. And we lose that as adults. Through fasting, we can tap back into that. Not that you're going to barf up your food if you're too full now, but it's like you can hear your body now. Whereas before, you could not. I couldn't. No. And Cal had this thing he did with his lips, like little duck lips on a little baby. And when his lips did that, I mean, I could, you know, I was bottle feeding him. But I could do whatever I wanted. Then he would grip those lips together tighter. He wasn't going to have, even if there was like just a little bit left. And I'd be like, please have some more so that you will sleep. Nope. 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 He was done. Wasn't going to have any more. (laughs) 
my kids would literally go like this, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, they they were done. They were not going to have any more. And then you know we are like, all right, please eat a little bit more. When they're old enough to un- to you know, then then they are like, all right, Mama wants me to eat more. And then now we're breaking their satiety signals. Stop oh, doing that, yeah. Mamas. <laughs> I did it. We all did it. I know. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. I have an eight year old and a five year old, so I have two boys, and they're constantly eating, just around the clock. It's a full-time job just to feed them. It is. But you're probably doing a much better job than I did because I didn't understand it when my boys were that age. I didn't understand. Let them tell you when they are hungry. Let them tell you when they're full. Yeah, I'm trying. And, you know, it's funny. My older one had, like, some stomach troubles, and he was vomiting unexplainably in the mornings, in the, like, early mornings. Because, I mean... In the mornings, he's just not – he's kind of like how I am. I used to never really like to eat right away when I got up. So school mornings, he would get up and say, you know, I'm so nauseous and I don't feel good. And I, we never – and this went on for a while. No doctor can explain it. And I every morning, I'm like, eat breakfast, eat breakfast, eat breakfast, eat your food, eat your food. Get, you have to eat before you go to school. It was like, ah. Yeah. I was so frustrated. And then one day, I just said, you have snack it you know, nine, 10 or something like that. Why don't I just give you your breakfast in your lunch pack and you can eat it at snack time and try that. And guess what? He's fine now. Wow. He's fine. That's amazing. His body wasn't ready for food yet. He's just not ready to eat when he wakes up. And because he gets a little anxious in the morning, like, I don't know if anyone's listening with anxiety. It's really normal to have like an upset stomach when you have anxiety. Well, He's just drinking fluids, and when he gets to school, he calms down, and at his snack time, he has his breakfast. I love that. Yeah. And we, you know, we're all guilty of falling for the whole force your kid to eat a good breakfast, whether they want it or not, because that they have to. (laughs) I think that my mom shoved a carnation instant breakfast down our throats. Oh, gosh. It was just not good. Sorry, no, I feel like that would make me starving. It did. Like you would drink it and you'd be hungry five minutes later. Yeah, I would be so hungry. That was like when I tried to do those shake programs that were like, have a shake oh. for breakfast and a shake for lunch and a sensible dinner. So I would have my shake for breakfast and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, I love a good protein shake, but I yeah. break my fast with it, you know, like I right. don't like have it when I wake up because then I, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> no, it would get the cycle going just all day long of hunger. So Absolutely. You know, funny, I was like, I realized I felt better if I waited, if I delayed that shake. Mm-hmm. So it really, I was just doing some fasting. So really, it's like skip the shake for breakfast, skip the shake for lunch, just have a sensible dinner. I mean, right, the, exactly. And that part's free, except for the, whatever your dinner costs. <laughs> exactly. 100%. So have you had any non-scale victories? Oh, gosh. Yes. I've had so many. So, so many. In fact, I have to like break out my little list. Otherwise, I can't remember them all. I'd say that right off the bat, within a week of starting intermittent fasting, I had IBS pretty bad. It had completely cleared up. Wow. In a, in a week. And that's one of the reasons I kept going because I said, to heck with the weight loss. I was like, if my IBS has gotten so much better in just a week, like imagine the possibilities. So that was the first thing to go. I have a hiatal hernia, which causes me to have heartburn every day. I was able to come off Prilosec and downgrade to Pepsid. I know I'm still on medicine, but that was a huge win for me. So you had that prior to intermittent fasting and it was worse. Yeah. And now it's gotten 
enough better that you've been able to change your meds. Yeah, I ch- I've been off Prilosec for like almost two years now. So wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was really bad. And then my next goal is to get off heartburn meds completely. I'm working on that with my functional medicine acupuncturist. So, (laughs) you know, I have arthritis, which doesn't really go away, but it really improved greatly. And I had like a hump in my neck, which just straightened out. I had that too. The, the like, Dowager hump or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just straightened out. My chiropractor was like, what the what? (laughs) I'm (laughs) feeling mine to make sure it's not there. It's still not there. You're like, did it come back? No. No, No, it's Uh, not there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think a lot of us do when we're overweight. We have that hump on the back of our necks called the dowager hump, but mine disappeared. Yeah, no, it was minded too. And I don't, I can't explain it other than, I don't know, I'm, I was fasting. I have t- so much less joint pain overall. I had a very bad candida buildup throughout my whole life, really. And I don't have that at all anymore. Like, I don't even remember the last time I could uh, encounter one of those problems. Right. I had chronic cysts always come out of it, weird places on my body. Haven't had one since I started fasting increased energy and an extreme amount of confidence. I never knew I could even muster up in myself. Just an overall wellness and repaired relationship with food. I love that. And feeling free from the strain of of the diet culture. I think that that's a lot to do with it. You mentioned confidence. And we hear that over and over and over again, people finding their confidence. And I think that it shakes our confidence when we have tried so hard to follow the dietary advice and we're stuck in that, like you said, that toxic diet culture. Mm-hmm. And we feel like such failures. And we're like, you know, what is wrong with me? Why am I so weak? Why am I broken? Why do I keep eating these foods that I know are not helping me meet my weight goals? And then we feel like a failure, that we lose our confidence and our weight keeps going up. And with intermittent fasting, we learn to trust ourselves. We learn it wasn't our fault that we right. were following bad advice. And then we're like, wait a minute, I can listen to my body. Absolutely. I can do this. Yes. It helps you hear your body. It helps you tune into your body. And to be honest, it keeps me grounded. It keeps yeah. me feeling like I'm in control in a world where, I mean, let's be honest, nothing's in our control, very little. Right. And the discipline that you receive from it is priceless. I feel. I like that you use the word discipline. I'm using it more these days. Like, I I don't think I ever use the word discipline. And now I'm using it more in conversations with people about fasting because there is a discipline to Mm -hmm. fasting. You know, we talk about how it's easy and it's freeing and it it feels right, but that doesn't mean every single second is easy. You know, if you're craving like, you know, hot waffles at eight in the morning because that's a comforting, soothing feeling, you might have to say, no, I'm not going to have hot waffles right now at eight in the morning. And and that's where the discipline comes in is mm-hmm. de- delay those waffles, have waffles at, you know, 2 p.m. if you want to. It's the mindset. So that, yeah, yeah, delay. If you can just think about it like that, I'm going to eat my waffles. I'm just going to eat them later. Right. Delay. Don't deny. That's right. Just like yeah. the waffle, if it makes you feel good, have the waffle, just delay it. And when you have it, like your stress level is going to go down. Like you're going to feel better about yourself. Over time, you're not going to feel guilt around any food. It takes time. Yeah, that's right. We've been told that we should feel guilty for enjoying, you know, a waffle, right? It's like carbs. Carbs are just like the enemy, not for me, but... (laughs) 
I eat mostly carbs and I feel amazing. Like I am, I'm really leaning into more whole foods, plant-based. I would call myself whole food-ish, plant-based-ish right now. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Well, the more plants I eat, the better I feel. And yes, I'm eating like beans every day right now. really. They're so good for you. They really, really are. They're the number one food linked to longevity. And if you look at cultures and people who have lived a long time and lived a healthy life, and I know that's not, you know, like a, you know, double blind placebo study, whatever, but it's it's like in healthy populations over time, they've eaten a lot of beans. And so I'm eating a lot of beans and they are carbs, but I feel amazing. And I I just like when people like freak out over carbs, I cannot take it. Like, yeah, there's carbs in fruit. There's carbs in so many things. It doesn't mean it's bad for you. Well, yeah, I just keep going back to the blue zones, the people that have lived, you know, I love the blue zones as well. And, you know, they don't have food rules about things being off limits. That's what really was striking to me when I first read about the blue zones is they don't demonize foods. But they do have certain things for special occasions. They don't have like dessert every day. And they don't eat giant amounts of meat in any of the blue zones. Mm -hmm. They all have it. It's more of a condiment. They eat a diet that has a whole lot of real foods in it. And they live a long life. And it's when they start adopting the Western diet that their health starts to go down. Yeah, that sad, sad diet. (laughs) Yep. On the flip side of that, there are a lot of people who can't tolerate a lot of plant foods because they have an unhealthy gut. But what caused the unhealthy gut? The ultra processed food culture of today. And again, that's also not your fault because we all are victims to like what they will sell around us and convenience foods and just habits. You know, I grew up eating TV dinners and Chef Boyardee. There's no fiber in any of that. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. My childhood was, you wouldn't even believe that I got overweight because I grew up in a house where I wasn't even allowed to have any of that stuff. Chef Boyardee, I didn't even know what it was. 
Sometimes though people like go through that and then they get out on their own and they're like rebel food wise. They're like, well, I wasn't allowed to eat. See, I wasn't allowed to have Chef Boyardee. Let's see what this is. And they're like, oh, I like that. Right. That was me. That was me. Yeah. As soon as I got to college, I moved out and I said, I'm free. I can eat cookies at three in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Taco Bell. Great. McDonald's, whatever I want. You yeah. Know? I, I think that that's really common because, but you were taught how to eat one way and then you just went out and did your own thing. And then you're like, oh wait, that's not very good after all. Well, I mean, I, not for nothing. I, I did as a child and not really more into my teenage years, you're still a child then. I was always reminded of what I was putting in my mouth and how it's going to affect my body. And mm-hmm. I would hear things like, are you sure you want to eat that? It's your funeral. Oh gosh. That's interesting wording. Your parents were saying that? Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting wording. You know, as a mom now, you're probably thinking, how can I teach my kids differently? It's interesting because I don't really, I'm not like that at all. Like, I feel like you're going to learn your lesson if you eat too much. And you're going to learn your lesson. Like, I restrict certain things. I'm still their mom. But, you know, I, I try to be very positive with food and not be like, oh, that is a bad food or this is a good food. Like I want to instill like, oh, well, if you eat broccoli, it's going to give you all these vitamins, you know, it's Mm -hmm. going to give you all these nutrients as opposed to this piece of candy, which is going to slow you down and make you, if you eat too much, it's going to make you feel sick. Teaching them the differences between the what is a nutrient dense food that's going to help your body and what is not. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, I apparently didn't teach my children very much about food at all growing up because when Cal was in college, he had to take a nutrition class. And he was like, I didn't know that vegetables were carbs. And I'm like, oh, they are. (laughs) (laughs) But if you ask people, you know, what are carbs, they'll be like, well, pizza. Yeah, bread. pizza has carbs, but it also has a lot of fat, and it also has protein, and it really has everything. Most foods are a combination of everything. It's a great food. You can put vegetables on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, Cheese, whatever, you know. I love pizza. I do, too. It's the perfect food. It's really, really you can make it, whatever you're eating, you can make your, well, unless you're low carb, and then I guess you have to eat fathead pizza, which is good. Did you ever have that when I was doing my low carb days? No. Never well, it was Never delicious. It. I wasn't losing any weight. And it's there. Here we go. It's why the, the fathead pizza is the crust of it is made with almond flour and mozzarella cheese and egg, oh. I think, or something. And then you bake that and then you put all the toppings on it. And it was absolutely delicious. I'll have to, I honestly, I mean, it's it. not a weight loss food. <laughs> no, I know I, my sister has a celiac. So I'm always looking okay. for ways to like take gluten mm-hmm. out of things and make it yeah. better for her. So. Well, fathead pizza, it was good on its own. I mean, I don't usually like food that pretends to be other food, but this was like absolutely delicious. I mean, who's who can go wrong with almond flour and mozzarella cheese? You can't. You can't. (laughs) If you can't eat dairy, that would not be the right choice for you. But yeah, yeah. There's there's some kind of pizza you can eat no matter what your dietary dairy free cheese. You know, that's true. Although I can't imagine. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, vegans. I'm sorry, well, dear. No, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, there's so many delicious things that if you're not eating dairy, then you don't need to have fake cheese, right? No, I, I mean, know. you know, I don't know. 
real cheese or nothing. That's yeah, for I me, feel. yeah, that's the way I am too. I love cheese and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheese is really good. It is. But again, with me, too much cheese is not a weight loss food. Yeah. It's weight, it's weight promoting. Dairy, we were having this conversation in the community today as well. Dairy is something all mammals make some form of dairy. Cow's milk is what we mostly have in our diets. Is you know the cheese is cow's milk. Obviously, everybody knows that, unless it's goat cheese or sheep's cheese. But dairy is what mammals make for the period of time that their babies are growing the fastest. Right. Yeah. It's a growth promoting food. So right. anybody who you know, if you're not losing weight, look at your cheese consumption. That's just. I tell that to my husband all the time. I'm like, watch that cheese. Watch, it's really like, easy you know, to overdo. It, it is. It is because yeah. it's so delicious. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, it goes down easy. So you have a Facebook group and you're coaching people. So what got you started with the whole idea of having a Facebook group? Was it just like you and some friends? That's, That's how, how I got started, started. Jen, honestly. Yeah. I, all my friends and family saw my weight loss and everything like that. They were all asking me about it. Yeah. I was like, That's well, how it started just- for me. I'll just start this little Facebook group for like informational purposes. I right. really had no intention of it getting uh-huh. to this point. Ditto. <laughs> like you're, I, wow. Like you're, I can't even imagine. It's been a couple of years, but I, you know, it's like, tw- I have like 12,000 in there now. And wow. it's just been like the podcast kind of just came naturally because I wanted to continue mm-hmm. to be able to share it. And what's the name of your Facebook group? It's just called Delay Don't Deny, Advanced Support for Clean Fasting. Okay. Right when you, back when you deleted In 2021 when I left Facebook, yep. Right. Yeah. You had reached out to a bunch of us and said, if you want to keep the name and start your own groups, go ahead. And that's what I did. Okay. And so I did that and then I just, I never expected it to like blow up in my face the way it's kind of done that. But I have such an amazing team and we just love to keep up the gin environment and the vibe and make sure we're keeping everybody clean fasting and keeping the integrity how you would want it. I love that. That makes me really happy because I really think the clean fast is the part that changes it all, that helps you stay with it. It helps you feel good. It's where the magic happens in your body. It's where Mm -hmm. you have the increased autophagy. It's where you have the positive benefits is with the clean fast. And so I'm glad that you're able to, to keep that going. And it's all about changing the world, right? It is. It is. I want it. And that's really why I wanted to start the podcast. You know, I started just as like a little hobby and stuff like that. And it's still just a hobby, but I want to share. I just want to keep sharing. I want to listen to other people's success stories. And I want people to know that this isn't a one size fits all project here. This is tailored to you because you're your own unique individual. And we all have to eat for our own unique individual bodies. Yeah. So what works That's for me so and important. you doesn't work for yeah. somebody else. Well, I mean, we just had that whole conversation about carbs. And someone listening might think that means that their body does great with carbs too. And that is not what it means. You know, I have learned over time, my body was awful on keto. But that doesn't mean keto is not right for a lot of people, especially if you have a lot of metabolic issues. Keto can really heal a lot of that, get your insulin levels down, get your blood sugar down. It might be exactly the right way to eat for somebody. I mean, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I know so many people who do well on keto. And then there's yeah. people like me and you who don't, you know? So I don't. I, I honestly don't. My body doesn't do well with too much fat. That's 
really yeah. true. And, and when I did Zoe, you know, the personalized nutrition, yeah. com slash Zoe, if you're like, what is that? But I learned my body doesn't clear fat well. So that makes a lot of sense why I didn't feel great when I was eating a pizza crust that was made out of cheese with more cheese on top. It was very inflammatory for my body. You're like, yeah, I can just eat normal pizza now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But put less cheese on it, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but the, a nice, you know, homemade whole grain crust. Oh, I made pita bread for the first time the other day, and I felt like a magician. Oh my, oh my gosh, God. you are a magician because yes, I'd never made that before. But I got out of the habit of like milling my own wheat because it's a lot of work. I, <laughs> you know, I every single time I read, like people ask in my group about your recipe, your bread recipe, and I always share it because I've never made it though, because I'm like, I don't have time. Like I literally don't. Well, have this, time. this pita bread, Chad and I were both just so amazed. All it is, is like whole wheat flour and you have like the, the warm water and the yeast and you just mix it together for a minute. And then all you literally add to that is whole wheat flour and salt oh, okay. and you just stir it up. And then knead it for a few minutes till it's not sticky anymore. With You add flour till it's not sticky and you can knead it, cover it, put it in a warm place for an hour or so. And then the recipe I had, I made like eight pitas. So I just divided it into eight little balls and you bake it in the oven. And I was like, how is this happening? How is this happening? Because they puff up like pita. Yeah. Like, and they have that yeah. hollow middle. And then I had to read about why it happens. Do you know why it happens? Uh, I had no idea why. No, Why? It has to be the right – you have to make, make it really thin. But I just did it with my hands. I don't have yeah. a, a rolling pin. But the pan was hot and the oven was hot and you put it in there. And the heat's coming at this really thin dough and it heats it from both sides and then it like steams in the middle. Right. Oh, God. Like the outside yeah. heat like dries it out but it steams and the steam makes it puff. I know. It was amazing. Like the bubbles on pizza, right? Exactly. That's what I said to Chad. I was like, this is exactly <laughs> like one of your pizza. The places where it bubbles up, people had, I guess that's where the, the crust was mm-hmm. thinner. Mm-hmm. So it bubbled up. So I was like, now this makes so much sense. But it was so easy. And so I made some homemade hummus as well. Also so easy. So I like had my homemade pita and my homemade hummus. And I was like, I really feel like yeah. <laughs> a magician because I, I I created this. You're like, I made this. Look at me. No, but seriously, like I, I feel that because homemade food now is just so much better than going yeah. out to restaurants. Every time I go to a restaurant now, I'm like, unless it's like really fancy or something, I'm like, oh, well, that just wasn't worth well, it. Well, you know, I was trying to find pita that didn't have a bunch of crap in it. Like, yeah. you know, whole wheat pita at the store, all of it has like all these funky oils and all these dough conditioners and all these additives. And I'm like, I just don't want to eat all that junk. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is literally whole wheat flour, salt, water. So easy. Yeast. That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm this. I'm going to do this now. Honestly, I want to go make bread now. You've got me inspired. I, the pita bread was just amazing. And then you just let it cool. And then you, it just I stacked it all up. And it's like so much easier. Anyway. Yeah. No. I'm really excited because I wanted to do more with bread. But making a whole loaf of bread or all the rolls, I don't have time for all that. So I've never baked bread in my life. I like to bake. But bread is just well, something I'm pita. scared. I Let will. Me see. It was so easy. Like, I can't believe how easy this was. And it, again, this would also make a perfect pizza crust. Totally. I used to make pita pizzas when I was in college. It was a popular dinner. I remember doing that. Yeah. 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 
pita pizzas are a great thing. I love them. Absolutely. Well, we are almost out of time. Before we get to the final part, tell people how they can find you. Well, the easiest way to find me is on my website, fastandfabulouspodcast.com or my Instagram, cleanfastingmama. Oh, yay. All right. So, you know, I like to ask at the end, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would tell somebody who was just starting out to, even though it can get hard, I know it sounds cheesy, but just keep going because the magic is on the other side once you hit your, your fat stores. What I would tell somebody who is starting out is once you hit maintenance, you know, read that chapter, reread that chapter on maintenance and don't think that maintenance is a stopping point because Mm -hmm. it really, it's like you're beginning again, but in a different phase of your journey and just keep going, make it your discipline, make it your lifestyle and your habit and you cannot fail. Yeah. And you're going to be healthier no matter what, you know, you might have to tweak it to get the weight loss that you're looking for. But, you know, sometimes people will not see the, the weight loss as quickly as they want to. And they're like, why isn't intermittent fasting working for me? I'm like, oh, it's working for you. Amazingly. You might need to do a little something else, you're tweaking to find your weight loss sweet spot. But intermittent fasting never stops working for you in your body in a powerful way. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's just such a blessing. Well, Michelle, I have so enjoyed talking to you today. And thank you for telling your story. Thank you, Jen, so much for having me. It really was an honor. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.